We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Hi again, everybody, and welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, along with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank, and we call our, what, Tuesday edition, the game plan. We are live. We'd love your feedback on Facebook. Hit us up. But more than anything, Toby, we got a game this week, right? That's After right. second bye in the first five weeks of the season, uh, back into game week mode, isn't it? Back at it again. How are you doing, Chris Plank? I'm good, man. I Well, I've been living right, Toby. So, you know, the Raiders beat the Chiefs. Yeah. The Sooners won in four overtimes. Lakers over the, won the title. Lakers won the title. Dodgers. Dodgers in the World Series. Things are going well for me right now in all my teams. I'm so. telling you, you are a lucky charm right now in sports. And we need, we need to get you as close to Lincoln <laughs> hey, Riley on Saturday as possible. Uh, Craig, Craig Moran, who is a Browns fan. Uh, so I, I, I'll try to send some of my Mojo Baker's way. How's that? Would that help out a little? And your Colts look good on Sunday. Your Colts look good on Sunday. Well, so. we did after we fell behind 21-0, but we rallied to win. So we'll <laughs> man, take we, it. We Win's got, a win. We got so much to get to, man. I'm excited about game week being back. Uh, but more than anything, we didn't get to do the show last week, so we didn't have an opportunity, and we probably needed about a week to recover and make sense of everything that happened in Dallas T. Rowe, it was as unique of an experience as I think anyone has ever had for the OU Texas game. And in the end, the Sooners came, came away with a win. You asked a question on our Tuesday roundtable show, our radio roundtable, and it's kind of stayed with me a little bit. Teddy said there was, what, only three correct answers to this of players who can use this as a catapult for the rest right. of the season and take their game to another level. Uh, you, you feel good about the names we hashed out, the Woody yeah. Williams, the David Aguebus? Are there names we need to add to this? TJ Pledger? I, I think Theo Weiss was mentioned, and he's certainly a guy that, that jumps to mind for me. We've been waiting for a wide receiver to emerge as the go-to guy, and I don't know that he's done that yet, but I think he's a guy who has been, at least going into this year, in my mind, was a candidate to be the next Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb, 
star wide receiver. Agreed. And he was quiet-ish in the first three games, but I thought he came up big. Now, his stats won't wow you, but when they needed him, especially in the second half and overtime, he was good. He's got a little run after catching him right there. The two-point conversion was a thing of beauty on both ends, the throw by Rattler and the catch by Weiss. So I think he's a guy that had a big game on a big stage Saturday against Texas, and maybe that's the jolt that will propel him to becoming a star, like I think he can be. But absolutely, I think that applies to T.J. Pledger. He got a ton of carries. He was very good. I think he could be ready to catapult into, uh, you know, that next level. Although, I mean, I don't know the status of Seth McGowan and Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know what, how carries are going to be split going forward. I think that uh, Austin Stogner's a guy I brought up and, Teddy rejected that as saying, listen, I've been saying he's a star for a long time. And I think he he is going to be that. But I would argue he hasn't become that yet. We've just seen his his size and his potential. Uh, But Saturday, I thought he made some big time plays and big moments that could lead him to becoming a first team all conference in a Mackey Award type candidate. So we'll see. And then on the defensive side, um, God, so many. Woody Washington for sure. David Aguebu for sure. I think Perry on Winfrey's a guy that we expected the world of coming in and really started to. We've seen it in flashes, but we saw a lot more of it against uh, Texas. Isaiah Thomas has been around forever, but he had the best game of his career, I thought. So I think it's maybe a more lengthy list than Teddy would allow us to have. He only left three. I threw Nick Benito yeah. in there. Yeah. Uh, I thought he had a really good game. You know, it's that's that's he's still a young guy. You know, he's only a, a sophomore, retro sophomore in this system, and obviously you got a new mindset and perspective in what Jamar Kane is doing. But you know, seeing eleven run around out there brought you know brought back memories of watching another eleven linebacker and Teddy Lehman, but. I thought he was a little bit of everywhere on uh, a week ago Saturday. So that gets me pretty excited for his future. And, you know, T-Row, you, you can't help but just be impressed with that defensive line. Now, granted, they're down numbers-wise, there's a lot of replacements that's taken place. And I, Ted kind of talks about this. I, I consider those outside backers Russians to the John Michael Terry's of the world, the Nick Benito's of the world. But they were difference makers on Saturday, man. You brought up Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas, among others. I uh, like the Ellison kid and yep. kind of how he's coming, uh, coming coming along, Josh Ellison. I, I just, again, you'll get more depth as the season rolls on and more guys get an opportunity, but I was really impressed with how those guys were, were getting after it uh, a week ago, and now you get a few more bodies back, maybe feel better about it. Yeah, they made Ellinger uncomfortable. LaRon Stokes, I'd add in there as well. Yep. But they got pressure consistently until the fourth quarter. They got pressure consistently on Ellinger, made his life difficult, made it a lot easier on those linebackers and the, the defensive backs to do their jobs. And, um, I, I mean, I just think Perry on Winfrey is a next-level type guy. When, when he gets going, he's going to be throwing people around and demanding double teams, which is going to make life a lot easier for everybody else. So, I don't know what it is about Texas. I mean, I'm eager to see if they can keep it up against TCU this week. For whatever reason, the last couple of years, the OU defensive line has absolutely eaten Texas alive. 15 combined sacks the last two years against those guys. So can they do it again Saturday against a TCU and for the rest of the year? If they can, I'm going to tell you, if that defensive line plays like that the rest of the year, you're going to see 
the turnovers forced numbers, the takeaways go through the roof because it makes quarterbacks hurry their throws. It enables everybody else's job to be so much easier. You're going to see uh, uh, ball security issues by opponents. So hopefully they can keep playing at that level. We should point out, too, uh, may maybe some will look at us and say, oh, but Texas is offensive line. That's a good offensive line. Herb Hand, their offensive line coach, is one of the best. And Sam Cosme, here I go talking about NFL draft talk in, yeah. in October. Sam Cosme is projected to be a first-round pick, if not one of the first uh, – Offensive lineman off the board. Penny Sewell will probably go number two in the draft next year, the offensive lineman out of Oregon. But, I mean, that, that's – my point is, this isn't a team that was eaten on a soft offensive line, Toby. When we went into this game, that was an O-line that we thought would be able to create some separation and run the football against Oklahoma, and they weren't able to do it. No, it, it's, it's the thing that's curious about it because I OU defensively has had better luck getting after the quarterback against Texas than any team in the Big 12. And, I, you know, I throw – Kansas and and uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech and everybody in there so and you know Texas has talent now whether they're playing at their peak or not is another question but you know they got talent so maybe they just get fired up for that game maybe they got a good feel for what Texas is trying to do offensively but I'm eager to see if they can keep it up because that's got a chance to be a complete game changer for this team not just the defense but for this team if they can get Big time, look at that, a big time movement up front with those down three or four linemen. You know, it's interesting because the majority of the questions that we're getting on Facebook right now, when I say something like, hey, you'll have players start coming back, automatically the questions center around Ronnie Perkins. And Yeah, what do you know, Plank? <laughs> I will say, this is funny. I don't know if I, if I told you this story yet, but we're in the middle of the game and one of the security guards, I mean, this is like fourth quarter of the game and it's coming down to the wire and one of the security guards taps me on the shoulder. And I'm down on the sidelines, uh -oh. and, and he kind of—that's never good. Yeah, he points to a fan, and there's a guy in the front row uh, where, where fans were able to stand in the cotton ball. And he yells, goes, "Hey, where's Ronnie Perkins?" And I mean, my reaction was not here. And he goes, "No, I know <laughs> that, but he was the name." So I, I guess we just follow what Lincoln has said, Toby. There's been no change. There's been no update. We know Chris Murray is going to be uh, available this weekend for the Sooners on the offensive line, but. When we talk about bodies, it's just guys that are getting more of an opportunity. We don't have an update right now on Ronnie Perkins or Trajan Bridges or Ramondre Stevenson. No, we don't know anything, folks. And we're not just uh, saying that uh, and secretly we, we don't know anything. <laughs> um, I will say that I don't think pregame warm-ups have ever been as exciting as they are this year just to see <laughs> who, who runs out. I mean, we can't wait for an hour and a half before game to see who's actually in uniform and who's not. So. I think there's a chance that you see one or two or three or those guys on Saturday. I thought what Lincoln said about Jaden Hazelwood, you know, piqued my interest during his press conference. How about the smile and the smile on his face? I'm sorry. I was reading yeah. body language. No, I was I'm with you. He didn't say he's going to play. He said he's optimistic. And so what does that mean? Optimistic for this Saturday or optimistic for the end of the year? I don't know. So, I mean, we'll see, I guess, when they take the field against TCU. Right. Speaking of that, uh, TCU always a challenging matchup. I love the question that was asked. I think Kerry Murdoch asked it to Lincoln Riley about, you know, Gary Patterson. Here's a guy, I mean, and maybe it was who, but here's a guy week after week, year after year, game after game, doesn't really change his philosophy, uh, philosophy defensively, but yet 
Every time you go up against a TCU, man, you get punched in the face. That is a, always a really good defensive unit. Heck, watch NFL games on Sunday. You know, you got guys that are out there, Jason Barrett picking off a pass in the in the Niners game on Sunday night against the Rams. I mean, it, this is a really good defensive football team consistently. Now, they've struggled over the last couple of years, but Toby, there's still a few guys out there that can make some big-time plays. Well, we know he's a good coach. We know uh, Garrett Wallow is a big-time uh, player for them. And we know he's got a, a great system in place. Now, these are not highlights, okay? This is <laughs> Kansas State running over them. But I just feel like as a team, and this would apply to their defense too, they haven't really Ooh, there's a highlight. figured it out. Yeah, that's a big hit <laughs> and a flag. They, they got off to such a shaky start with all the COVID start. Remember, they got some games postponed early on. And yeah. They got off to such a shaky start. They didn't know who their quarterback was going to be until – Game week and even after the season started, they've had some injury issues. So this is a TCU team that it looks like to me is searching for its identity this year. They went into Austin and won, and that's a that's a big deal for them. Then they came back home and got beat by Kansas State with their backup quarterback. And Kansas State's good. I mean, we know that firsthand, but still, I just don't think TCU's figured themselves out. By the end of the year, uh, defensively, they'll be a solid football team because that's what Gary Patterson does. And I, I'll say this, if history has told us anything, when OU and TCU get together, it's going to be fun. You know, whether it's been in Norman or Fort Worth, they have played some highly entertaining, competitive football games uh, that have more often not gone to the fourth quarter or in some cases overtime until it's decided. So We'll see what happens on Saturday, but I'm expecting this to be a wild and woolly one. I'm expecting us to be seated next to that huge sound system at one end of the field. I'm <laughs> going to be deaf in whistle. my left ear and horse train whistle going off, and uh, we'll, we'll see what unfolds. Seven and one in the last eight played in Fort Worth, but Toby, I think you hit it on the head. Every single game has been tight. You know, I, I Kyler Murray went in there, and, and we had to rally and, and take care of business. And yeah, I'll never fell way behind. Yeah, and I'll, I'll never forget. La, I mean, last year's game was a was a tough, tight game against a, a 500 TCU team. You know, I think one of my favorite memories is going back to maybe it was uh, 12 or 13 when Tony Jefferson broke up the pass yep. in the corner of the end zone that secured a Big 12 championship. So it, it's never easy. And listen, you mentioned the quarterback position, Max Duggan. I heard the story about the procedure that he went through. They, you know, he had they had to repair an issue with his heart before the season started. They just recently found out that you know he was 100% healthy and ready to go. So we talk a lot about their their defense and understandably so. But man, in Max Duggan last year they went into the season with like six quarterbacks on their roster. Uh, they had some uh, erosion from that. They had some guys move on, but. Toby, I think you bring it up. I feel like Doug has been there for like 10 years, and he's only been there for two. Yeah. But he is the kind of guy that can beat you with a little bit of everything. His arm, his feet, he's a problem. He is. I like him a lot. I and do I, too. I wish him the best. He's 6'2", so he's got enough size. He's a better athlete than you think. He's their leading rusher right now, which is not ideal, obviously. But still, it shows you what kind of athleticism he's got. And he's a tough kid. I mean, just what you were talking about with the – procedures he's been through so I I really wish him the best now I hope he doesn't have a great game on Saturday <laughs> against OU but I think as you when you're listing the top quarterbacks in this conference he's near the top for me I think Max Duggan you give him good weapons around him 
over the next couple of years and a good offensive line, he's you're right, he's a problem. Let's go through a couple of things that Lincoln Riley was asked about. Um, and again, you guys will have an opportunity to ask questions of Coach Riley tonight. The Lincoln Riley Coaches Show Sooner Sports Talk live from Rudy's. You can hit Toby up on Twitter at TRAOU. But uh, you mentioned the Jane Hazelwood, and let's just go back to that for a moment. There was kind of the smile on Lincoln Riley's face when he said, you know, they're closer. Um, he's optimistic. He's ahead of schedule. But again, I think you have to, and, and Lincoln said this, you got to be cautious a little bit whenever you're coming back from what he had to deal with. It, it's not like suddenly we're going to, well, we don't think that we're going to walk out on Saturday and see Jane Hazelwood going through pregame warmups. I, I don't know. Are you breaking news that we're not going to see that? I, I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to limit expectations on it. Yeah. You're right. We don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But I honestly don't have any idea whether we're going to see him next week or this week or five weeks from now. I have no idea. It just sounds very encouraging that he has, you know, what Lincoln says, that he has progressed so quickly. And when he does come back, I mean, he's a big-time difference maker. If he's back at full speed with his size and speed and athleticism and talent, he's a big-time difference maker. That's what makes this anticipation what it is with when are they getting Ramondre Stevenson and Ronnie Perkins because they're big-time difference makers for this team. Ronnie Perkins might be the best defensive player in this conference. You know, I understand why OU fans are eager to see or to know when he's coming back. Ramondre Stevenson was a beast last year for this team. And if they could couple him with Seth McGowan and, and TJ Pledger and Marcus Major, then that might change the, the complexity of this offense entirely. So, and, and Jaden Hazelwood and Trajan Bridges are five-star wide receivers for a reason. So I get why everybody's curious. I'm curious, too. It's just information we're not going to be privy to until it actually happens. By the way, speaking of Ramondre Stevenson and his importance, Matt Miller, who covers the NFL draft beat uh, all around the year, has, has him as one of his top running backs out of the Big 12 wow. in the NFL draft. So that kind of gives you an idea of the difference that he can make. Speaking of difference makers, we've seen him continue to mature throughout this season, Toby. Coach Riley was talking about the progression of Spencer Rattler. And how about this stat that our man, this comparison, our man, Craig Moran put together uh -oh. right there on uh, you you don't like these kind of comparisons sometimes Toby but right there amongst the last three that have led the way to winning a Heisman being a Heisman finalist and playing on Sunday pretty elite company to begin with for Spencer Rattler and who he replaced but the yardage the completion percentage the touchdowns pretty uh pretty similar and as he said that pressure is a privilege I've never heard of any of these guys. <laughs> so I'm trying to make sense of this Craig Moran graphic here. No, um, no I'm just yeah, taking it in. Uh, completion percentage higher than Baker and Kyler early on. Yardage all about the same. I mean, the, the thing that jumps off the screen to me is, is the picks, you know. He, and there's a fumble, an ugly fumble in there too from the Texas game. So that's the only thing you can look to. And it's a big deal. I don't want to downplay it. But the only thing you can look to with Spencer Rattler through his first four games is ball security and, and everything else. His arm talent, his athleticism, his clutchness. I mean, that was to see him play like that in the overtimes against Texas with the game on the line and maybe the season on the line, you could argue, really gave us a look at 
at his clutchness. You know, what, what Baker showed us against Tennessee when that game went a couple of overtimes. I think that's what we saw from Spencer Rattler. He's got to take a big step forward in taking care of the football, uh, both throwing and hanging on to it in the pocket. Well, that's why – how did Joe Clapp put it that he got put in timeout? Yeah. That's why he found himself on, on the bench yep. in the second quarter in the game against uh, Texas. And, you know, I, I, I hope it doesn't get lost. And Lincoln brought it up in the post game, and it's been talked about quite a bit. The job that Tanner Mordecai did to, to solidify things – now. Yes, there was the drop, uh, the, the, the fumble when he was rolling out, and there might have been a big play there, but that stabilized things. It gave Spencer an opportunity to sit on that bench and, and watch some things rest his arm a bit. And you're right, that clutch gene, <laughs> that, that exists in this kid, man. There wasn't a throw that he was afraid to make. I mean, you even go back to the third down pass to, to Stogner late in the game that if it's completed T-Row, we might not be talking about a four-overtime thriller. He put it right on the money, so he's... He's been impressive in how he's been able to show an ability to bounce back. But you hit it on the head, T-Row. He's got to continue to protect the football. That's that's going to be the issue for him all year. Yeah, I think I said this often before the season. We know he's got talent. He And you couple that with Lincoln Riley's ability to coach the quarterback position. And that's what makes a star. I mean, he's on track to be a star. What we didn't know about Rattler was what's between the years. Right. You know? How well does he think the game? How well does he read defenses? And what is he made of in the fourth quarter and in overtimes when you are in a football game in which you got to make plays? We got a better feel for that now. Not only after Texas, the, we know the kid's not scared, okay? We know he's not scared to try to fit it in. The, the problem is, if anything, you got to dial it back a little bit, be a little more cautious at times and not put the ball in a dangerous spot. But we, we found out that he's got some intestinal fortitude last Saturday. We also found out from the Lincoln Riley presser that there are several different scenarios. Uh, if oh, yeah. we have a, a – I a, can't talk about this subject. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Fair enough then. No, I, I mean, I, I just there may be some in which I you're am the coach. The, I'm the play caller. <laughs> there may be a couple of scenarios by which I actually call plays, and I can't get into that. I told Lincoln I wouldn't discuss it. Yeah, okay, well, fair enough then. Yeah. But let's just say there are many scenarios if you end up with what we thought was going to be a Nick Saban-type situation on Saturday if Lincoln can't coach. Who do you think it is? Who do you think's, you know, assuming everybody else is healthy, right? who's calling plays if Lincoln goes down? You don't know, right? I don't know. I, no, don't, know. I don't know either, so but, who do you think Okay, so it was interesting because as Coach Riley brought it up and as we've learned, it can end up being that if, let's just say hypothetically – Lincoln Riley test positive, well, that might mean that someone like a Shane Beamer has to quarantine too. So if I'm laying out the pecking order here, if Coach Riley goes down, I think it might be Kale Gundy. Yeah. I think it would be Kale and then maybe a close second for a, for a Shane Beamer. The assistant head coach of offense sounds pretty fancy. So yeah. if you're the assistant head coach of offense, I mean, that's got to be the, the next guy up, right? I think, think so. I mean, but you got co-offensive coordinators in there too, so I don't know. Bill Beedenbow. Where I, Be I, just Beedenbow doesn't strike me as a guy calling plays, but I could be. Told, I have no idea. I'm with you. I think it would be uh, either either Kale or Beamer. Yeah, uh, and then on the defensive side of things, I mean, come on, man, you got Brian Odom. We've already got him taken. He's up in the booth. He's secure from everyone right. else, so we'd be good to go if something were to happen with Coach Grinch. But it's always in the back of their minds, just like it is Toby, and it magnifies the challenges of 2020, it's not just something that you think about from a coaching perspective. T-Row, they've got to think about it at every single position. 
You don't just have a two deep anymore. Well, you almost have to have a three or a four deep, if not even deeper than that. Yes, you've got to have three and four deep, and you've got to, ha- you've got to know what guys are versatile right. enough to move from room to room if you need them to, you know. And hopefully, I mean, I don't know what the numbers are over there now. Hopefully they're kind of over most of that. But I don't know. You're starting to see things around the country flourish again a little bit. So you can't forget about it. It's, it's an ever-present source of consternation for sure. Uh, and then a final thought before we get out of here and wrap things up. You know, I, I love the conversation about, hey, you know, we've seen this defensively for, you know, 75% of a game, three quarters, if you will. But what is it going to take to finish? And we asked Brian Osamo about it. We asked uh, Coach Riley about it. I'm sure when Alex Grinch meets with the media tomorrow, he'll be asked about it as well. But it, it, was, it was real interesting because Lincoln Riley, it's almost as if he said, hey, we, we've identified it. We're going to continue to work on it. It's just about, you know, making sure that it's, this team stays focused. So that got me pretty excited to continue to watch this defense grow because young offense, young quarterback, new playmakers, but I, I think sometimes we don't stop and realize it's a really young defense, too, that we're dealing with right now. It is. I think that could be a confidence thing, and I wonder if uh, the overtimes, the third and fourth overtimes where they got stops won't be something they can draw upon. You know, I think back to um, the Oklahoma City Thunder last year. They became a team that made clutch plays in the fourth quarters of basketball games. Why? I don't know. They just started. They did it once or twice and then just kind of started believing that's what we do and did it for the entire year. And I, I think maybe that applies across the board. Like they gave up. Uh, they had a bad fourth quarter against Kansas State, right? And then they followed yeah. up with a bad fourth quarter against Iowa State. And then you're like, uh-oh. When it gets into the fourth quarter, you know, we all put four fingers in the air. Are you internally saying, come on, guys, let's don't screw this up again. And you <laughs> get a little tentative rather than being ultra aggressive. And it didn't go well in the fourth quarter against Texas either. So maybe the overtimes was a kickstart the other direction confidence-wise that they can draw up on to where this Saturday, if they find themselves in a dog fight or a frog fight on, uh, uh, down in Fort Worth, you're welcome, <laughs> then they'll be able to say, hey, we've changed. We're a fourth quarter team now. But we'll see. They're going to have to do it to prove it. Wait, didn't we find out that a horned frog isn't technically a, a lizard. frog? Yeah. Lizard. Uh, listen, I've, I have gotten more emails <laughs> from TCU fans than any other school <laughs> through the years mad at me <laughs> for frog references in TCU games because it's a lizard. And don't you dare call it a frog. We learned that. We got learned mm-hmm. up today. Toby, tonight, 6 o'clock with the huddle live from Rudy's right. with you and Ted. 7 o'clock, Lincoln Riley. We will have the Coach's Corner for you on Thursday, Brian Odom and Dennis Simmons. And then we'll be on the air 9 a.m. pregame show, 11 a.m. kick from Fort Worth, Oklahoma, and TCU. Thanks for joining us for the Game Plan Live. Have a great game week and Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right, thanks, Chris. Uh, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, excited, uh, excited here after the bye week to get back to it. Had a very productive bye week. I thought the players handled it uh, very well. Excited about some of the work and, and and being able to keep some of these players on on the field and and being able to have some continuity and build up some skills and and just have some consistency as far as practice goes. So it's been. No, certainly, I think a positive uh, for our team and um, the development of, of all of our players. And so, um, 
You know, excited to put some of those things on on display. Hopefully, here this Saturday in Fort Worth, uh, go play a good TCU team. We know obviously these guys very well. Um, great, great coaching staff, both offensively and defensively. Uh, certainly one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Guys that we have a lot of respect for. Um, a lot of tremendous players on on both sides of the football. A lot of guys that uh, returning players. Um, offensively, very, um, I'd say very TCU-like skill set. You know, quarterbacks really improve, does a lot of good things, very difficult to defend, both running, scrambling, and, and I think in a much improved thrower. Um, a lot of elite skill guys around them, guys that can really, really run, which has been, uh, I think, their identity offensively for, for a long time. Um, defensively, um, you know, good like they always are. You know, the two safeties are really good players. The inside linebacker is a really good player. They've got, um, you know, several kind of young slash new guys stepping up around them and, and doing a good job of running uh, Coach Patterson's system. So it'll be a good challenge, always is. Playing these guys, whether it's in Norman or Fort Worth, always has been uh, a big challenge. And I'm sure this one will be as well. And we'll be looking forward to getting down to Fort Worth. Coach, we'll go to questions. We'll begin with Ryan Aver of the Oklahoman, and then go to Eric Bailey. Yeah, Lincoln, when you look at the numbers, uh, on the fourth quarter, especially when compared to the, the first quarter, uh, the difference is, is pretty staggering there. What do you attribute to outside, at that to outside of just, hey, we need to play better and perform? Uh, is it uh, you know a strength and conditioning issue? Is it... Uh, a uh, adjustment issue and, and how do you uh, sort of work to fix that? I don't think it's a strength and conditioning issue. I think the only game that we were really tired at the end, uh, I thought our front got pretty worn down uh, against Texas. Um, but I think every football player on the field was, was pretty worn down with the intensity and the, the you know, it was a pretty hot day in Dallas. Um, you know, both teams missing, you know, several guys. So I thought, I thought that showed up there. Uh, no, haven't haven't done haven't been able to attribute it to anything strength and conditioning wise. I think it's us maintaining our focus. Uh, we've had some um, some you know major errors in some of these fourth quarters that that have kept us from winning ball games or being able to to separate even further. And uh, you know that's obviously has hurt us as a team. And it's been something that we're trying to you know that we're trying to push forward because you know like like many of you we see you know, moments of some really promising football on all sides. And, and, you know, putting that together is, is the hardest thing in football. I mean, it just is. And uh, so, you know, we've, we, we see it, uh, we're addressing it, um, emphasizing it as much as we can, but it just comes down to, we've got to play cleaner football and our brand of football um, at the end. And, uh, and I think we've had some opportunities to, to close out games. And at times, your mentality does shift a little bit um, to, you know, whether it's, you know, running the football offensively, whether it's, you know, trying to get to a point where you don't give up just a, a, a huge play defensively because you, you start to play the percentages a little bit. And, you know, and, and through the years, how many games – I mean, how many games since 2015 have we won where, you know, slowing down the game offensively or, or, again, just limiting them to short completions defensively. I mean, we've won a lot of games that way. And uh, But you've got to – you still – whatever the mindset is in that moment, you still have to do it well. And that's that's probably been the thing for us as we, we've put ourselves in some decent situations and we've got we've to execute in those situations much better. We've got to coach better in those situations. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. 
Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World, and then Joe Bettner. Hey, Lincoln, when we look at your run game numbers in terms of yards per carry, they've really dipped substantially this season compared to, compared to years past. After four games, where do you see the run game at right now, and what, what is the biggest factor in trying to improve those numbers? Yeah, it's progressed. It's, uh, you know, it certainly wasn't very good the first two games, I really think, on, on anybody's account. Um, uh, I thought against Iowa State we were – quite a bit cleaner up front, did some really good things up front in the run game. I didn't think we I, – I didn't think the, the running back position uh, played too well there. I thought we missed a couple – I thought I missed a couple things call-wise that, that didn't put our guys in great position. Um, and I thought we, we took some steps last week, um, had some more explosive runs, although we left still too many on the table, uh, but had more explosive runs. I think backs are – starting to, to get a little bit more comfortable, you know, get seasoned. I mean, you know, th these backs we're playing with haven't played a whole lot of football. And uh, so they're they're learning on the fly and, and they're getting better. They're getting more comfortable. They're getting more confident. And uh, so excited to see. I, I think that's a group that could really break out and, and, and that we expect to and have seen some real positive signs of. But it, it takes everybody. And uh, so we've just – we got to be a little bit cleaner in the blocking game. That's not just the linemen. That's the that's the receivers too. And then backs have got to finish. Um, and you got to to run the ball great. You know, you either got to have just an unbelievable effort by one person, or more more than likely, and most normally, is a uh, is is great execution across the board and no leakage. And uh, that's something we have to do better at this this next stretch of games. Thanks, Lincoln. Joe Bettner, Norman Transcript, and then Jason Kersey. Lincoln, uh, curious to what you make of what Austin Stogner has been able to do kind of early in this season, being your leading receiver. It's not impressive as an H-back in your offense, but uh, what do you make of just kind of the added responsibility he's taken on and how he's been able to, I guess, be an important cog to that passing game? Yeah, Stogner's done a good job. He's, you know, really improved a lot. Um, you know, it's not a surprise that he's having a, a big impact, uh, not not certainly to the people within the program. We've seen how the guy's worked and how he's improved since the first year. And he's always been a guy that's been very eager. He was he was uh, eager to play more and more and more last year and, and that got more and more ready as time went on, but wasn't, um, I think, you know, we identified things that he had to take some steps on to, to become a, you know, potential every down type player. And uh, I give the kid credit. He's taken those things and he's run with them. Uh, he's really, really improved himself, worked on the weaknesses in his game. And and then I think, you know, the guy makes a lot of plays. And so I think our quarterbacks have a, a tremendous amount of confidence in him. Thanks, Lincoln. Okay, Jason Kersey of The Athletic and then Bob Prisbillo. Yeah, Lincoln, um, Drake Stoop, uh, obviously he's making a big impact for you guys this year. It seems like his catches, he really makes tough competitive catches. Is that something that you you saw from him when you were recruiting him, I guess, or, or is that something that he's developed? No, yeah, we, we, we identified that. I can remember him coming to one of our one of our summer camps, and uh, it was a camp where we had some pretty good DBs in the camp, and you saw creative route running and ability, ability to separate, and then, yeah, a, a toughness and a competitiveness to make those types of plays. And... No, I think I think he's very reliable. Um, another guy that I, our quarterbacks have a lot of trust in that he's gonna he's gonna be where he's supposed to be. He's gonna run the route the way it's supposed to be run. Um, he's gonna make the tough catch in traffic, um, and you can see we went to him in some 
in some pretty crucial times, whether it was the fourth down conversion against Iowa State or obviously, you know, the other day against uh, Texas, the big one there at the end. So, um, yeah, no, it's been fun to see. Um, he's he's really busted his tail here, worked had to had to work and, and earn everything that he's got. But you know, he's he's really taking this opportunity right now and, and just been totally prepared for it. Thanks, Lee. Mm-hmm. Bob Bridgeville with Sooner Scoop and then Chandler Engelbrecht. Yeah, Lincoln. How close is Jaden Hazelwood to coming back, and how much does it help the way that he's stayed engaged throughout this entire process? Uh, he's closer. Um, he, he's doing very well. He's he's well ahead of schedule. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to promise anything right now. But we're we're you know we're, we're optimistic. He's he's done a great job. He's he's you 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 kind of lay out your dream scenario of how you want a, a young man to handle an injury like this, um, and this is like this is the blueprint for how you do it. Um, he had one day right after it happened where he was in the dumps and down, and then after that he said, all right, that's over. It's time to go get ready now. And he has been uh, – our, our training staff can't say enough about the way, job that he's done uh, with them and just kind of tax everything. And and then, yeah, I think I think so much of this too is – I mean, the physical side's part of it, your rehab, you know, your quality of the doctor, quality of, you know, the, the re- rehabilitatory uh, equipment that you have, all that. Um, but there's also the mental side of it. And I think he's a great example for, you know, even when something doesn't go your way personally, when you stay engaged with the team, you continue to bring energy to what you can do that day, even though maybe it's not what you dreamt that you would be doing, that you're going to be in a much, much better place mentally than maybe somebody that just, you know, poor me the entire time. And he's, he's done that. I mean, he has. He's been completely engaged, a uh, ton of energy, um, and I think it's it's helped our team, and I think it's certainly helped him through uh, through uh, you know the recovery of a very tough injury. Hey, Chandler Engelbrecht with the OU Daily, and then John Hoover. Coach, um, one of your more reliable pieces in on offense this season that's very young has been Jeremiah Hall and what he brings to the table. He has a few touchdowns on the year, and he also had a big fumble recovery against Texas. Can you speak about his leadership and really the experience he brings to a team that is so young? Yeah, Jeremiah's done a great job. He has. He's been very, um, very dependable for us. Been, in, you know, a guy we can count on to do so many things, and and uh, I think has improved in a lot of areas of his game as well. And so, no, he's been great for us. He has. He's uh, that's an important position, and and you know that combination of of him and Stog right now has has been you know very very productive. So uh, we just. You know, it's he, he's he's a lot like Dimitri Flowers was in that he just he, he knows our offense so well and and is such a smart player, savvy player, doesn't need a million reps to pick something up. And and at that position, because we ask those guys to do to do quite a few things, that's that's been very, very valuable. So, um, you know, his big game experience, his his leadership, his versatility are very important for our team. John Hoover with SI Sooners, and then James Hale. Hey, Lincoln. Um, if you think about how much football has changed kind of in the last 20 years, why do you think Gary Patterson has remained so successful at holding on to the tenets of defense like he has? Because even as the spread has literally changed the face of football, you've got Gary's teams who are still playing defense kind of like they did 20 years ago, and that's obviously not something every team can say. 
Yeah, no, it's impressive. I mean, I think he's got a lot of things in place. I mean, I think there's they've got a, a type of player that they identify and go recruit and develop, um, and he knows exactly what he's looking for within a system. Everybody knows exactly what he's looking for. Um, and I think the continuity of, of obviously him being there and several members of that staff for a long time is is apparent. Um, I think he's done a good job, in my opinion, of sticking to his core principles, but he certainly has adapted to. I mean, there's some things that he's doing now defensively that I don't think he would have ever even thought about doing 10 years ago. Um, so he's been kind of right on the line to, in my opinion, where you want to be. You got like core base package fundamentals, uh, philosophy that you believe in, but not so rigid that you don't adapt as the, as the game does evolve. And he's, he's, I think found a, a great balance. And then, and then, I mean, the guy's a good coach. I mean, you just, you could tell the players are work well coached. You could tell they know, you know, where to be, what to do. And, uh, you know, that's a reflection of, of him and his staff. Cool. Thank you. James Hale with KREF and then Brandon Drum. Lincoln, you mentioned last week that Chris Murray is going to be available for you. And, you know, you hope to get him up to speed and get him going. What was his progress like uh, through the off week? And your thoughts on the offensive line going into this game, which you've said, you know, this, there's such a high standard. They need to play a little bit better. Your thoughts on them going into the TCU game? Yeah, no, it's – it's. Uh thought we did a lot of good things a couple of weeks ago and, and I've certainly tried to build on that here uh, this week and having, you know, Chris has been has been great. And I think we've got several guys kind of in that that next tier group that are that are, you know, if not ready, very close to being ready to contribute um, on Saturdays for us, which is a good thing. Our, our depth is in a much better place. Uh, our, our competitive depth is in a much better place. And, and so I think that's, you know, th that not only helps you from a depth perspective, but also just continues to push everybody that's playing and, and guys have got to go play well and, and earn their time. And uh, that's that's how you want it in every group all the time. And, and I don't know that we necessarily had as much of that last year as we're used to having, but I, I feel like we're getting back closer to you know, who we want to be up front. So, um, and I think those guys, some of those older guys have done a nice job. Again, proud of the way those guys played against Texas. And uh, we've pushed them to take it even to another level this week and against a, a TCU front that's always good, always active, always always tough to figure out. So, um, you know, those guys need to lead us. Um, and uh, they did a good job of it. We need that to continue and continue to improve. Thanks, Elton. Mm -hmm. Brandon Drum with OU Insider and then Garen Emig. Hey, Lincoln, can you talk about just the growth between week one through week four uh, of this team, obviously with it being young? And then have you have you noticed some guys that are younger that have grown as far as leaders throughout this season that maybe you didn't even think was going to happen this early on? Yeah, no, there's there's been a ton of growth. I mean, it, it uh, you know, the, the off season from – Again, we've all said a million times, but the, the no spring, the half an off season, and then you know missing so many guys back and forth during fall camp, um, you know the preparation for the season was so was so uneven um, that you know we it feels like in the last few weeks we've finally been able to have a little bit of consistency and get into a little bit of a rhythm and and you know been able to have you know a larger percentage of our team available just to practice and to get better and and uh that that's that's been huge because now you're starting to see 
progress on both sides of the ball um, by young players that you know maybe would have had a chance to compete and, and play earlier you know, had they not missed all that time. And so, you know, I think you saw that another day on the defensive side of the ball. We played quite a few more players. Um, um, and I think, you know, those guys are going to continue to push for, for more and more playing time, which has been a big positive. Um, I think you're seeing some with the offensive line. You're seeing some with the receivers right now. You know, certainly the backs, are, you know, we've kind of had that young group, really the whole that's, – that's the hand that we've been dealt. But – I think there's examples of it all over this football team, and I think it also makes a big difference on special teams, as, as we saw last week as well. So uh, the team is growing. Uh, there's a lot of players getting better quickly. The, the competition, I would say, is – it's like right now the competition is kind of where you hoped it would have been in fall camp because you've actually had some consistency and you've actually been able to work out multiple guys. And, and that. so you just – I like where the competition's at right now. I like the vibe of this team. Um, they're really, really excited to play, evidenced by the way we prep during the bye week. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of young guys stepping up, and, and I think you know there's going to be a lot of opportunities for many guys that maybe didn't have a huge role in the first half of the season to to really come on for us and make a difference. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Go to Garen Emig of the Tulsa World, and then Dean Blevins. Lincoln, we've had a, a bit of a rough patch with regard to, to head coaches testing positive uh, with the virus around the country. I'm, I'm curious. You, you have a comparatively young staff, I realize, and yet the demographic makes makes this a, a pretty potentially serious issue, uh, even compared to your players. What what steps outside the the norm are, are you guys as a staff taking to protect yourselves this season? And honestly, Garen, I mean, wear a mask. We wear a mask everywhere. Um, we wear a mask in staff meetings. We wear a mask in our office. I mean, we wear a mask everywhere. Um, and, uh, you know, our families, I think, if, I, I really want to commend our families, um, all the families of the staff, because I think that's where a lot of it comes down to, you know, I think we can control pretty well what we're doing within this building. Um, but our, our families, uh, wives, kids, um, they've done a tremendous job of, you know, they've had to make sacrifices as well, whether it's, you know, children wearing masks in school or, you know, family kind of following the same, the same type protocols that we are. And, uh, and so I really give a lot of credit to our families there. Cause I think, you know, our coaches so far knock on wood, being able to, to, to stay, you know, unscathed from this has been, has been a, uh, in large part due to how committed our families have been to this. And then I think, you know, I mean, we don't do anything. I mean, we, which is not a whole much, hell of a lot different than any season, but I mean, we, I'm either here or I'm at my house. I mean, and that's, there's no in between. There's no anything else. And, uh, you know, our, that's, uh, you know, so that's, that's the sacrifice we make and happy to make it and glad that, you know, hope we can continue it. Obviously, this thing is so, you know, you, you just never know with this deal. Right. And so, you know, just thankful we've been able to do pretty well with it so far. And again, very thankful for the commitment that all the staff's families have made to, to helping us stay COVID free. Sure. Real quick. Have you identified a point, man, if you had to miss a game for some reason on your staff? Yeah, we have, we have contingencies in place for any, cause the hard thing is, is, you know, it may be you and it may be two others. So we, we've got, we've got quite a few contingencies dialed up and ready to go. Thanks. Dean Blevins, KWTV, and then Keegan Rennell. Yeah, Lincoln, um, I'm wondering 
how you're feeling about the evolution of Spencer coming through the season. He shows week after week he can make throws that very few quarterbacks can make. Yet at the end of that game the other day, he was kind of sloppy with that ball. You got back on it. It could have been a losing play. Just all in all, including the ball protection and uh, limiting turnovers, how are you feeling about his evolution? I'm excited about it. I mean, I think he's, you know, he's been put in such a unique situation. And, uh, you know, I think he's handling a large part of it well. And the things that he hasn't done well, he's, you know, he's been very eager and willing to improve and puts forth the work to improve and that show me no signs that, you know, that that any of this is, is beyond him as far as doing the things that we need him to do better. And so now I'm, I'm excited about it. It took a lot of took a lot of guts to do what he did the other day in, in your first ball game, you know, in your first OU Texas game. And, and I think that showed I think that showed you know, a lot of his evolution and progress right there. I mean, I, I would just, you know, watch the overtime periods and that, that to me is the answer. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, obviously he's got to hang on to the ball for us and there, that's a that's a fine line because when you're also, you know, a team's primary playmaker, you've also got to make some plays too. And you can't make plays, you can't make plays playing scared. And so, uh, um, but there are certainly controllable ones uh, that's with the ball security um, that that he needs to improve on, and uh, he knows that, and I feel very confident that he will. Keegan Renault with Sooners Wire, and then Kerry Murdoch. Lincoln, I hope I'm not jinxing this. Haven't had to ask you this much this year, but you guys did have a couple guys go down in the Texas game, and Braden Willis hasn't been playing much. Um, just an injury update. You know, Isaiah Thomas, Jeremiah Hall, I believe, went down. Um, Braden Willis and I, another, and Seth McGowan as well, who missed the Texas game. Uh, yeah, we had a couple guys nicked up in the Texas game, but I don't think anything too serious. Uh, you know, bye week I think came at a good time for those guys. Um, yeah, Braden got a little nicked up against Kansas State. hadn't hadn't had him since then. Um, I would say he's he's week to week right now. Thanks, Lee. Mm-hmm. Carrie Murdoch with Sooner Scoop and WWLS, and then Joey Helmer. Lincoln, uh, you know, you have a history on offense of explosive plays, drives, you know, one, one and a half minute drives, three plays, things like that. Um, you've had some of that this year, but I'm curious if your offense is going like you want, are you seeing more of that than you're seeing now? Are you, you seeing more drives that are, uh, I don't know, 12 plays, you know, seven minutes? I mean, I think when you're running at a high level, you're you have the ability to do both. You know, having the ability to to strike quick, um, but also, kind of like we talked about earlier, there are opportunities in games where you can you know really increase your chances by winning of by you know hanging on to the ball and being able to control the clock. And I think when we've been at our best here, we have been able to do both. Um, you know, and that's. You know, for us, I think offensively, we're, we're we're battling that consistency right now. Like you said, we've had we've had some games where we've had some really explosive big plays, and we've had some games where we didn't have nearly enough of them. Uh, we've had some games where we've been able to chew it and control it. Um, some games that where we haven't, um, and then in some games we've been able to do it at some points and not at others. So we're you know right now we're we're promising. Um, I think we're growing. We're getting better. We're not the the, the X factor for us here the rest of the season. From an offensive perspective, will be you know how 
how consistent can we get? Um, and you know, so we're, we're, that's a, that's, that's just a battle. There's no, there's no, there's no easy answer for that. It's just a battle and a grind to continue to get guys to improve. And, you know, hopefully we can get a couple of familiar faces back along the way, which always will help. And, uh, but you know, I think we've got an opportunity to, I, I'm excited about some of the work we've put in and some of the signs I'm seeing that I think we could, you know, be, be back to being closer to what we expect to be. When you know you have Spencer that has a better connection with you know his receivers, like he's getting with Stogner, like he's, we're seeing with Theo Weiss, uh, like he's had with Marvin Mims so far. Yeah, it's just it's just growing. I mean, it's it's again, this is so difficult to compare this to because the lead up to this has been, you know, just so unlike anything that that we've ever dealt with. And then you know, again, on top of the pandemic, all that. I mean, we've we've just we've missed a lot of players that we you know, figured that we would be playing with. And a lot of those guys were guys that have played a lot of ball for us and are really good football players. And so we've had to battle through that. And, uh, you know, and so I think I, I think a lot of the things are progressing. Like, I don't see anything that's unfixable. I don't see anything that says we can't do it. It's just you see kind of the top of the mountain and you're just climbing your ass off as fast as you can to get there. And, and that's that's what we're doing right now. And uh, it's it's there. I know I – know, I know what this group is going to be, um, and but we want to we want to get there quicker. You know, we're, we're we're pushing like crazy, coaches and players, to to get to our our best level of ball as fast as we can. Thanks, Lincoln. Joey Helmer with OU Insider and then Parker Thune. Yeah, Lincoln. Woody Washington's a guy that made some nice plays in the Red River game. Just kind of what have you seen in the evolution and uh, the growth of his game? Yeah, Woody's done a great job. He's played about every position in the secondary here in a short time, so I think he's got a really good overall understanding of what we want in the secondary. Um, he's played safety, he's played nickel, and now you know making the move and playing corner. Uh, we've been very pleased with how he's progressed in the corner room. Uh, you know, he's really done a good job understanding the defense. Um, you know, his fundamentals. Um, I think there have been really, really impressive for a guy that hasn't had to play the position in a long time. He's got nice size, um, excellent ball skills, as you saw both kind of be a, a factor there on that play in the end zone against Texas. And he's a really good tackler. I mean, he was, I thought there were several times in the open field against Texas where he was extremely patient and, and made just really solid, good open field tackles, which, you know, your, your corners have to be able to do that for you. And uh, so, no, I think he's got a lot of promise. I mean, I, I, I think he's certainly found a home at corner and, you know, his his – his kind of evolution, uh, his progression has been very, very key for us and will continue to be. And last question of the day, Parker Thune with SI Sooners. Yeah, Coach Riley, I'm curious. Back in the Texas game, uh, we saw Mikey Henderson play some snaps in pretty crucial situations throughout the game. Uh, was that more just due to Braden Willis's absence, or is that a testament to Mikey's development and progression in the offense? I would say a combination of both. You know, Mikey is a, a very, very talented young player that that I think is really progressing and learning a lot and, and uh, you know, has got a skill set that certainly commands some attention. He's a good blocker, and he's, he's gifted with the ball. And um, so he's getting better and better, and certainly Braden's absence has opened the door for some more opportunities for him, not only – not only in games, but on the practice field to develop those skills enough where we want to continue to play him. So, um, now he's an exciting young player um, that's uh, 
He's playing a position that's this is not an easy position for for a young guy, just because kind of like we referenced earlier with Jeremiah that that position requires a lot mentally and physically, and uh, he's done a nice job, you know, trying to, to kind of cram all that in, and uh, you know he's certainly got a bright future here. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.